Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bam, bam, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I am MKT. It is the day after the podcast is supposed to come out. Or maybe even two days after. Three days, maybe. At this stage, who knows? Late is late. But I do have to explain myself, which makes you even more guilty. I was traveling on the weekend, and then I had work on Monday, or on Tuesday, and Monday, and it just all got away from me. So I traveled Saturday, Sunday. I got back super late on Sunday. Super late. Um, so I couldn't record the podcast. That's just what it is. You know, I generally try and record the podcast on Sunday night after the football fixtures. But I only flew in from George, by the way, which is where I was in the Otaniqua Mountains at the Mutt by UTMB, which is a lot of letters and acronyms. But it's a real thing. And that's where I was. I only got home at like midnight on Sunday. Because it takes forever to get an Uber now at Johannesburg Airport. At Oarthambo, the Oaks are calling it. If you know what I mean. Because I went to school in the northern suburbs. Can't even say Oarthambo. Gotta say Oarthambo. Takes forever to get an Uber there now. I've got to go to the second floor. Parkade. Oh my goodness. Why can't it just be outside anymore? It's because the, the bloody comrades, bloody comrades, want their taxi organizations to have the taxis. So I don't want to take a taxi because I live in a country that's riddled with crime. You know what I mean? So that's my excuse. I mean, it's a, it's a really bad excuse, but it's all I've got. I was traveling. But that's actually what happened. I did land Sunday night, midnight, basically. I got home and I was like, this is madness. And then I got home and I was in the middle of load shedding. So, you know, if I'm making excuses, those are the ones to have. But anywho, we're here now. Shout out to George, by the way. If you've never been to George, if you're a South African and you like mountains, I'm really lucky for some weird reason to have run in those mountains quite a bit. But if you like hiking and nature and outdoor, oh my goodness. And also, I didn't understand why so many South Africans are moving to George. It's like, obviously, it's just super rich folk who can afford to go there. I get it. Like, the rest of the country is becoming a bit, bit, of, sh- bit of a shambles, to be quite frank. You know? Bit of a shambles. But then I got to George, and I'm like... Oh, I get it. It is so clean, you can eat off the street. It's I'm talking like Zurich clean. Have you been to Zurich? Zurich is probably the cleanest, outside of Luxembourg, it's probably the cleanest place I've ever been to in my life. Including China, and I have been to China. Right? I haven't been to Singapore where it's a crime to litter. 
So, you know, well, I haven't been to Singapore as an adult, so I can't remember when I was young. But let me tell you something. Zurich is squeaky clean, right? But George is like Zurich clean. So I get it now. Um, George, incredible. Went to a trail running event. Um, guys were running 100 milers, 100K, 60Ks, uh, and the marathon distance. Insanity. It rained and it was cold. It gets so cold in those valleys. So it was brutal. It was brutal. And I always say, I just, I love, like, I'm not a very emotional person. I, I don't want to pretend to be some, like, emotionally enlightened human. I am not. But I, I've got to tell you, I love that part of my life. Um, those who don't know, for the last, ugh, we were now 2023. So let's say the last nine years, I've been working as a finish line person in running races. No, no big deal. All of the big races in South Africa, you name it. If it's running and it's big, I've done it from the 10K distance right up to 100 miles, as I said this weekend. No big deal. This competition uh, now, or the MUT, as they're calling it, uh, the Mountain Ultra Trail in George, is now brought to you by UTMB. Doesn't get bigger in my world than that. So hey, I can take that off the list. I've worked at a UTMB event. Probably, well, I'd like to work there again next year. I'd like to work at more UTMB events. If that's what UTMB are bringing, shout out. And I'm not just advertising like, hey, I hope they hear this. I'd like to work at them. Like UTMB is the creme de la creme, right? If, if you're in business, you know, um, there's lots of great races out there, but UTMB, serious guys, now in business with Iron Man. So it's serious business um, in the serious time. But anyway, George, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Otanique Mountains, brilliant. Cold, brutal. Um, but yeah, on the finish line, as I was saying, um, of these races, I, I do... I'm not a crier. I'm not a crier, but I, I do get... Um, caught up in it number one because i understand the journey of running 100ks and 100 milers and whatever um, and just the investment it takes to get to something like that forget about running a 100 miler on mountains you know i've always said anyone can run a road marathon as much as like that is a big achievement anyone can run comrades you're, you're not faking your way because listen there's some bloody hippos that have run comrades you know you can roll your way to the end of comrades in like 11 hours or whatever you are not faking comrade uh, sorry 100 miler on a mountain that's just not happening you're not faking 100 k's on a mountain i don't care how how driven you think you are um you're not faking that there's no faking that there's no strapping your knee up uh especially with seven thousand meters of climbing in the 100 miler like that's that's the level where you go whew there's something here the, the Yiddish brethren call it chutzpah. So, so yeah, I get pretty caught up in that stuff. Um, just because I know the... It, it's more than a physical investment. Like, the, 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 the emotional toll of preparing for things like this... Um, I mean, you're not a hero on the front line. But I would imagine it's pretty close. You know, you're not taking on Hitler and Stalingrad. You know... I'm not saying that. I'm not saying WW2. But I'm saying it's bloody. It needs some minerals, as they say. You've got to have serious minerals and some chutzpah. It's more than physical preparation. So I get caught up in that. And 
I got to tell you, it was pretty nice to get emotional in a sense, you know, like to shake off the the cobwebs on the, on the old heart muscle there. Uh, seeing great stories, seeing people limp over the line, seeing people hugging and crying. Because one thing it reminded me is how important community is. So I live a pretty, like outside of my very close friends and old friends and family, but I live a pretty isolated life, you know. I'm not, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? Like I just, I, I have very little little patience. It's like my biggest, like my biggest downfall, I think. I'm not a patient person. And that is not a good thing to be, by the way. I'm learning this. It is not a good thing to be impatient. Uh, or to, you, you know, or to be as impatient as I am. Because I'm very impatient. Like, I'm not just impatient. I'm very impatient. And a, a woman who's just turned, well, she's turning 95 this year. Good friend of mine. Or Rosie Ducks. I used to say to her, Patience is a is a virtue, and she said, "No, well, patience is a virtue of the extraordinary kind." And I'll always carry that with me because she always, she always used to correct me on that. But I live my life sort of quite isolationist, you know. Um, but it was amazing to see people that were starting. So from the sort of the twenty five was okay. That was on the first day. Uh, that was the small event, but on the on, on the last day, the Saturday and the Sunday, there were forty two kilometers, which is the marathon distance, um, and then there was sixty one hundred kilometers and one hundred miles, which is about one hundred and sixty six kilometers. It was amazing to me to see how invested supporters of people were on the line and. That really got me because I love the notion of family and I'm, I'm very, very close to my mum and my sister in particular. Um, but because I've lived such an isolationist life for so long, I don't really have that dimension, you know, where people are. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was minus two, minus three degrees. And we went sort of the 100 miler guys started on the Saturday and they had a 48 hour limit and some people took sort of 39 hours, I think, was the longest person, you know, in a row, by the way. There's no sleeping, there's no nonsense, is that brutal mountains, you testing your human will against nature when it's rained and it's freezing and it's muddy and the mountains are tough and rough and what they call technical, right? Just brutal conditions. And how invested people were at two, three, four, five in the morning, you know, it is freezing. I'm talking like minus two or three, it would have dipped down to. I didn't measure it, but it was certainly um, at least at zero and dipping. But seeing people waiting on the finish line and understanding what those individuals have prepared to do and just have achieved. And then what was incredible was how many people got emotional on the line, even though they didn't run. You know, and it was for somebody as impatient as me and who can be quite callous. It was a really nice reminder of how invested people can be in you, you know. So it was very, very cool for me to see. And it was nice for for dickheads like me who, who just leave emotions at the door 99.9% .9 of the time to see to see that human connection. And 
in its purest form because at that at three in the morning you're exhausted you're just delighted for your husband brother sister um and I, i'm also not talking like one or two people here i'm talking people would be waiting in sort of cabals yeah i'm talking packs of humans at three four in the morning it was so cold they had to have mushroom heaters out there um you know it, it was absolutely amazing so for me i love that shout out to anybody um if you listen to this and you did uh the Mutt by UTMB, uh, yeah, give us a shout. Just slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. Otherwise, MKT at the MKT Show. How was it? Did you finish? Are you alive? Has your soul died? Uh, ran into a guy at George Airport who tried to run the 100 miler at 100 Ks. His body gave out on him and he said he'll be back. He was he was pretty pissed, but he was like, hey, I'll be back. I know I need to prepare better. Um, you know, it's... I've always said mountain running, uh, mountain running, rugby, and boxing are the most honest sports on the planet, um, and even more so mountain running. It's just like you cannot cheat. There is no room to hide. There is no time to rest. There, like you've just got to keep moving forward, and you've got to look after yourself. Um, and if you haven't experienced it, I don't know. I can't explain. It's one of those niche things. But once you've, once you've undertaken the process to get ready for even a 50 kilometer mountain run. You know, by its very nature, it'll change your life without uh, getting too inspirational and David Coggins about it. But it's, it's an incredible thing. It's the greatest, it's certainly after football, the greatest thing that's ever happened to my life. Um, and that came into my life in 2014. 2014, goodness gracious, nine years ago now. So, so yeah, um, if you did uh, bump into me and George, Gave me a fist bump, met, met some new people, met some incredible new people. Um, you know, yeah, met some very, very cool people. Shout out Juliet, uh, all the way from Luzon. Uh, I think she was a little bit surprised that Africans know what's what's cutting in Europe. She wasn't. She was she was a very global person. Uh, and hey, shout out Paul Huddle from UTMB. That guy. Very cool. Lives in Utah, where the Mormons are. Uh, very, very nice. So running, a big part of my life. If you're listening to this part and you're like, hey, I hate this, skip 13 minutes into the podcast. If, you, if you're not into running and you, you just could not give a shit about running, then skip. Although you should give a shit about running because it it's a banger sport. Here's what I say to people. You know why you should get into running? Inevitably, Girl or guy, you're going to run into people in great shape. Are you attracted to the opposite sex? Are you attracted to the same sex? Would you like it to run into those people in fine fettle, in great shape? Get into running. Get into mountain running. Mountain runners aren't like road runners. So I'm built like a road runner, pretty or slim, right? 70, I'm 70 now, 10% body fat, no big deal. Um, but I'm 70 kgs, right? But... But mountain runners are like muscular, got the glutes going, girls and guys, by the way. Um, so you're, you're not getting the emaciated roadrunner look, you know. <laughs> so you should get into running because you're, you're going to meet driven people that are in ridiculous shape. How does that sound? What about that for a proposition? Are you into good looking people? Well then, have I got a product for you, mountain running. That was me this weekend. 
That was, I just cut a promo. What a hell of a promo to cut. What a hell of a promo to cut. While I was gone, right, or during my goneness, obviously, my beloved Premier League ended. Now, I've got a question which I've been asking myself for years. For years. And it is bigotry laden. But forgive me, again, I told you I live an isolated life. So perhaps society is changing around me. I have not noticed. I am only focused on myself. Okay? What do single guys do? Because I'm single, right? What do single guys do when the Premier League's not on? And for anyone who doesn't watch football, first of all, I don't know why you listen to this podcast then. Go to hell. Or don't. I mean, it's good for the numbers if you listen. You just, you're just here for a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Or like, well, why do you listen to that? Oh, well, he's quite funny. Great. Stay for that. Right? Because what I'm starting to notice in society is this. Right? There's a certain type of guy walking around now. Like, there's this guy who wants to appear to women. Or men, by the way. Men are gay. There are, there, there are gay men out there. Um, but there's a certain type of douchebag, right? Like, listen, I, I, I'm quite honest about myself. Uh, there's a lot of douchebag in me. Let's not, let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. We're, we're all grown-ups here, right? There's a lot of douchebag in me. So I understand how I come off to people. Am I as douchebag as I sound? Am I that douchebaggy? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I like to snowboard. I like nice coffee. And I don't, I, I, quite frankly, I don't talk to idiots. Like, if, if I think you're an idiot within five minutes, I walk away. Like, okay, cheers, this is terrible. This is boring. You know, I don't want to hear about a nice vase your girlfriend got for you. That's not interesting to me. Yeah, say other stuff. You know, that, that's what you're dealing with. But there's a next level douchebag on this planet. And... Tell me if you know this person. I like to think I'm quite worldly. You know, I love history, science, genetics, philosophy, the arts. I like art in some sense because it's, you know, a philosophical expression if it's art. So I'm interested in those topics. But there's a certain type of guy who I think imagines themselves as above their carnal needs or always above a little bit of I'm just a dude who likes dude stuff you know which is fine by the way but there is a certain type of guy who's like oh my god how do you watch soccer all the time you know like I don't even I've just got no time for that I'm just working and I'm busy like like no you're just a knob and then also my problem is I'm an idiot. I don't know how to socialize with people who don't watch football, rugby, cricket, tennis, NFL, NBA. Like, what are we going to talk about? Because I don't want to hear about your annoying girlfriend. I don't, by the way. Even if your girlfriend's not annoying, I don't want to hear about you going shopping to buy matching mats for the bloody bathroom. That's so boring, by the way. Shout out, listen, to all couples. Please stop telling other people about your couple stuff. It's, it's very boring and no one else was going to tell you about that because you know what's annoying in that very vein of this douchebag person I'm talking about is couples think they're the most interesting people in the world and one thing that I've noticed is that when people get in couples, 
they hang out with other couples. Fantastic. What couples must stop doing is inviting single people to couple stuff. I refuse. I will not. I, oh, I got caught in a doozy a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I knew it would be this bad. Because you know what tends to happen? In and amongst the douchebagginess of a guy, now your, your, your friends, <laughs> which I have no problem with, start telling you, oh, bro, you know, being a, you're not a real man until you're in a relationship. And then they have a baby and then they're like, you just don't know what life's about until you've had a child. You're not a real man. I'm like, oh my God, get the hell out of my face before I punch you right in the jugular. Like, you're not better than me. Dude, we used to, we used to do shots together out of the belly button of shot girls for like five years. I, I'm going to punch you in the face if you start getting sanctimonious with me. Along with guy who doesn't watch football because he's just so sophisticated and there's just so much more to life. I don't want to tell you. Like, I can't help you. I'm just a dude who likes to do dude things. There we go. Like, what must I do about that? You know? So, just thought I'd get that off my chest. And continue to ask, what the hell do single guys do when the Premier League's not on? Seriously. Like, whoa. What the hell am I supposed to do for the next 76 days? It's 76 days from when I record this until the Premier League. Now, Am I going to record a lot of content? Absolutely. You better believe it. Particularly from the 15th. I'm a free agent from then. I'm leaving my corporate job. But so that's going to be awesome. I'm getting back into content. But what am I going to do on Saturdays and Sundays? Rugby is a crap product. Okay, I'm going to have the ashes for a little bit. But even then, that's intermittent. And I'm not watching the World Championship Test Match, whatever crap. Because that, that's a joke. So forget that. Get that on my face. What the hell am I supposed to do? From now until the English Premier League starts. And by the way, I don't want to be politically correct. I, I don't watch women's football. So I'm not watching a kick of the, the Women's Football World Cup. I'm like, I'm just not doing it. I don't know the players. I'm not invested. I literally don't know what's going on. I don't even know who's in the tournament. Like, banana, banana in there. I'll catch the highlights on, on Twitter. Uh, sorry, I'm not PC guy. Uh, by, by sorry, I mean, get the hell out of my face if you are. Good luck to you. If you know all the players. Awesome. Okay, you've got something to do. I can understand that. What am I going to do? So, just a question. Now, I know what <laughs> I know. What people are saying in South Africa is winter. Maybe get a snuggle buddy. Uh, not worth the investment. That, that's not an option for me at this stage. Just not an investment. At and also, the nice thing about the Premier League is it ends. You start talking about getting a girlfriend. They hang around. Oh. I'm not in that phase of life. So slide in the DMs. Add MKT Inspires. If you're a single person, what are you doing this winter? I mean, I'm going to be training really hard. I've got a 100 miler at the end of the year. I might do another 100 miler um, if I go to Argentina next month. That's looking more like an if. Uh, my travel partners are now saying funny things. But I'm hoping to be in Luxembourg and then Argentina in July. But if I don't go to that, then I'm in serious trouble because that was supposed to be a month's travel. I'm in serious trouble here. What am I doing this off-season? I've got no idea. I have got no idea. What I will tell you is there's more content on the way. Expect this show to be more often in the audio format. I'm trying to think, should I be doing it every day? Or should I just do twice a week? I don't know. I want to do every day. Is that too much? Am I over-egging the pudding? 
We'll see. I'll make those decisions in the next couple of weeks. If you're a single dude and you're like, brew, do this. Why don't you do this? You know, I can't travel, by the way, because this was booked. This travel that was going to happen was booked in a certain block. I just accepted a job now in the middle of July based off some other information with my travel buddies. So I would have had to cut that short anyway and be back sort of 10th of July um, from Argentina. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. 76 days, two months, two months. Oh my goodness. 12th of August, I think it is. Hey, blimey. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? At MKT Inspires. Maybe you guys have some ideas for me, you know? Don't suggest anything where I have to meet people. No, 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 no. I was talking to somebody at the office the other day. I have enough friends. I'm not trying to meet more people. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, not trying to make more friends. I'm actively actually trying to... I'm trying to shave the list of people I know. I'm trying to shave. I've got some work to do. Um, I alluded to it just now. I am transitioning employment-wise back in the content game. I'm in some very interesting conversations that I did not expect to be in, by the way. So it's always nice to feel valued. It's like, hey, I'm not enjoying my current employment situation. What do you guys think? And people have been very responsive. So I do have some decisions to make. So that'll occupy, I don't know, a month. So that gets me to the end of June. What the hell do I do for a month and a half then? I don't care how hard I'm training. I need the Premier League in my life. It gives me structure. Do you know what I mean? Number one for the show, it gives me content. But it also, like, okay, I'm going to train in the morning. I'm going to do my fantasy for one o'clock. Uh, I'm going to shower, eat, recover. You know, get the roller out. Ooh, tight. The, the quads are tight. you got to roll them out. The hamstrings tight. The back's tight. Rolling it out. Ooh, 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 ah. Okay, boom, it's 2.30, it's the first fixture, I'm grazing on lunch now, I've already had a lack of shower, we into the first game, it's bloody Everton, Bournemouth, or whoever. I watch all the Premier League games, I love the Premier League. What do I do now? Because you, you know what's going to happen now? Every guy in a relationship who now has to find another excuse to get out of, like, get away from their girlfriend or wife, is going to start getting hold of me. I'm going to go, no thank you. I don't want to hear about your relationship stuff. No thanks. Like, go hang out with the couple people you are hanging out with. I'm doing single guy stuff, which <laughs> I've just admitted, I don't really know what that even means. I mean, I'm in, I'm in so much trouble because the annoying thing is the, prim, the, the NFL's not even on and the NBA is a joke. Like, okay, it's over now. It's Miami against the Nuggets. Who cares? LeBron's out. I'm not staying up and watching that nonsense. It's malarkey. Major League Baseball, I, I stopped following it hardcore about five years ago. It's a joke of a product. So, big problems. Big, big problems. Maybe the ashes. Maybe the ashes will sort of tide me over. Uh, and that starts June 16. So I guess that's another month and a half, really. I can get invested in the ashes. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. All right. MKT at the MKT show.com if you'd like to email me if you've got some feedback. Otherwise, at MKT Inspires, slide in the DMs, Instagram, that's where I'm active. Um, what are we doing today? Today's a mailbag show. So I'm going to do one topic. It's Man City. 
right? It's Man City. And everything else, I've received four or five mailbag questions. I'll go through all of them, uh, see how we're doing for time. Don't want this to be uh, a bloody Game of Thrones episode, like an hour and a half feature length movie. Last week's episode was an hour and a half. So try to keep this to an hour or so, you know? People only have so much time. Trying to become a big time podcast here. Can't just be rambling forever. Yapping on, you know. Even somebody as entertaining as me. Eventually, people are like, okay, now he's just yapping. So today's mailbag show, one topic, and then I'll get into the mailbag. And the topic is what makes City this good. But before I get into the pod, if you could do me this favor. If you're sitting there at the office and you've just, you know, your boss has just pissed you off. Because they've just taken your idea in a meeting and made it seem like their idea. You know how bosses do that? And they told you it was a rubbish idea, but then the client started like leaning the way of your idea, which you didn't put in the pitch deck. And then the boss just takes your idea as their idea, and they seem like the genius now. If that's happened to you, and now you're sitting at your desk and you're fuming, like, oh my goodness, this dickhead. How could he? How could she? Well, you know what make you feel better? Maybe you go onto the platform where you listen to this show and you give us a rating, a review. Give this five stars. It'll make you feel good, you know? Because sponsors will see, oh my goodness, this show has five star ratings everywhere. Please, if you've got two minutes and you're sort of raging at your boss inside because obviously you'd like to get paid at the end of the month, you can't go and sucker punch them right in the gut, you know? If you're a lady and you're at your desk, you can't go and sucker punch your Sally who took your idea. Or maybe it's a co-worker. You know, the co-worker always takes the credit and does none of the work. Maybe it's her and you just want to, you actually just want to go hold her head in the toilet like it's high school. You remember? I don't know if you ever got bullied in high school, but that did happen to me. But a hazing, you know, maybe you want to do that to her. It's like, oh, oh, is it Sally? Was this your idea? Oh, was it? Was it? Let me go. Let me go. Oh, shall I let you go now? Is it, was this your idea? That's me imagining <laughs> some lady holding Sally's head in the toilet. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. I'm sorry. I'll never take your idea again. Damn right you won't, Sally. Damn right. Clean yourself up. And then you walk out like Clint Eastwood. You know what I mean? punk and then you you say like punk and you slam the door or something like that if if you have if you work with that proverbial person it'll make you feel better to rate the show it, it will five stars i like this show i don't know what he's talking about this guy uh, you know just leave five stars wherever you listen doesn't matter what platform you're on um if you are on spotify google podcasts um you know whatever it may be apple podcasts Wherever you listen, give us a five-star rating. Take two minutes, please, uh, if you can, uh, to leave us a rating. All right. Let's get into the football. Half an hour in. Haven't even touched sport. Where else are you getting this kind of stuff? One of the sports show <laughs> is doing skits about a work colleague you are hazing because they took your ideas. What other sports show? Be honest. Look at yourself in the mirror. I want you to get up right now. Go look in the mirror and say, where else am I getting that sort of top-notch five-star action? No way. The answer is no way. All right. Let's get into it. It is a sports pod. Um, 
I want to get into the idea of what makes Man City this good. But before I get into that, let me tell you about my life. Let me tell you about real life. My life, your life, everyone's life. There's, there's two types of guys in this world, right? As we're young, 18, 19, 20. There's the get hammered and just focus on trying to get with girls in university guy. Or there's the guy who says, I'm going to be a CA. He says it at 17. He goes on the tour once, picks up the catalogs, applies, gets a 60% academic scholarship. And then he studies and he finishes. It takes him seven years, but he gets done with articles. And by the time he's 32, he owns two properties and travels internationally once a year. Two types of guys. Two types. The difference is Mr. Chasing Girls Living the Life guy cares about what people are saying. Right? Mr. CA guy goes, what am I saying? What's the plan? And let's have a plan and work the plan. That's the difference. Mr. Chase Girls popping bottles, doesn't have money, but he's pretending out here. That guy is worried about what people are saying. He's going to flame out. He's going to peak maybe third year varsity. All the girls love him because he's that guy. And he's, you know, he's got the freshest kicks. Blah, blah, blah. But my man who's a CA, by the time he's out here, he's flying, <laughs> he's flying strictly business class. South America one year, Australia the other year. My man's out here. He's in London twice a year with the business. Man, work the plan. Who the girl's going for then? I think we all know. If you're a grown-up lady listening to this, you're like, mm, yeah, no, it's, it's actually the CA guy. Because high-level ladies, they don't want some bum who peaked in university. No, they don't. They want the guy who's, hmm, could, could I trust that person? Mr. Two Properties by 32, traveling once a year? She can trust him. That's what high-level people are looking for. Man United and Chelsea showed Man City all of the ways to do it wrong. They actually showed, they showed the template to Man City. Here's how you do it completely wrong. All right. Because the, the spending that City have undertaken since 2008, where Sheikh Mansour took over, hasn't actually been ludicrous. Although the sum is large, it's, it's because prices have gotten bigger. Right. If Chelsea or Man United had been bought or, or were spending, if Alex Ferguson took over from 2008 onwards, he would have spent at least as much as City, if not more, having seen Man United's spending history right, and Chelsea's spending history. So I understand on paper, but the numbers we see don't take inflation into account. But Man City haven't spent astronomically every year. All right. They haven't. They've taken the Bayern Munich model, right? But they have Premier League money. So Bayern Munich can maybe buy two or three marquee a season. Man City can buy four or five marquee European names a season legally. Now, the investigations, that those will be what they are. But I'm just saying with the business model that Man City have, right? They have Premier League money. They don't have the Bayern Munich play player money, Right? I, I really don't know how those numbers work about... Listen, I'm a huge Bayern Munich fan, but I don't know how those numbers work about Bayern being like the most valuable brand in the world. That's... Uh, I, I need to... I, I need someone to look into that. So, 
United and Chelsea showed Man City exactly what not to do if you want sustainable success. Right? Because Chelsea and Man United had all the opportunities in the world to build what Man City have now. They could have. They could have, but Chelsea had a maverick owner who I love for all my sins. It's sexy, big spending, flash players, flash managers, in, out, you know. It's high living, fast roll, or, or you know, fast living, high living, high stakes, high rewards kind of vibe, which is sexy. It's much more sexy than what City are doing. Man United made an even bigger error though. Because at the time, it's difficult to observe this, but they built the club around Alex Ferguson. Huge mistake. Arsenal made the same mistake, but no one cares about Arsenal. They're, they're a joke club. Nobody, nobody's ever thought, oh, do you, know, do you know what's a good way to run your club? Arsenal. No one's thought that. What the Man City owners earned, uh, did brilliantly, and I'm a huge advocate of this. You would have heard me speak about my father all the time. Is My father's... Really, on Aristotle's page here, is law is order and good law is good order. You know, is you need rigidity, right? You need rigidity to have success, like high level success. You need a model and you need to stick to it and then you just compound off the model. That's just how you scale, right? That's, I'm, I'm not Bill Gates, but all of them do it like that. Because Man City, you know what's really important, and I'm biased to uh, a sort of a patriarchal family model. I believe in order. Everyone must play. So, so another thing my father says to everyone all the time, like he, my father has always said this, is the world is a better place, right? When people know their role, but not only do they know your role, they play their role, right? There's a lot of knowing your role and you don't play your role. It's all good and well knowing your role. What good are you to me if you don't play your role? If you're, if you're a man in a patriarchal world and you don't play your role to protect your family, what good are you to me? If you're a woman and you don't protect your family, what good are you to me if you're a child and you're not disciplined like I was? What, what use are you to society, quite frankly? But what Man City have done is they've brought in that rigidity. And they are very clear about the order of things. Because they are clear, everyone else is clear. It's the owners. It's the board. It's the director of football. That one's important. It's the owners. It's the board. It's the director of football. It's the players. And then way down the line is the manager. The manager is not important. The manager is the most replaceable part of everything. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Man City. Man City are the best run football club in the world. Maybe the best run sporting institution in the world right now. That is the order of importance in every successful football club. The owners, the board, the director of football, the players are more important than the manager. Stop this nonsense of the manager needing to be more important than the players. It's absolute hogwash. Right? Doesn't matter who the manager is. 
a couple of years ago, I used to say the manager has to be in charge. It doesn't matter anymore. The manager is in charge, that's a given, because the director of football makes it clear to the players. But the players are important, because you know why the players are the most important, uh, or more important than the manager? When the manager leaves, it doesn't matter. We need a certain style of player. Bayern Munich, you know, they've got a certain type of player. A Goretzka, a Kimmich, you know, Alfonso Davies, functional, athletic. There's a certain type of player, Gnabry. There are certain types of what they call in European football, you'll often hear this term, what's the profile of the player? Right? What's the profile of the player? You'll hear of the project. They're looking for certain players that fit into the project for the next five years, whatever the cycle, six years is, depending where the squad is in the cycle, there's a profile of player that every club identifies. Barcelona has a, a profile of player. So I've changed my mind on the order of things. Owners, board, director of football, players, down the line is the manager. Because look at Man City. Mancini, Pellegrini, Guardiola. Guardiola actually just came at the perfect time. It was, the, the, the plan was now ready to be unleashed. They'd gotten credibility, they'd built the platform, they'd built the squad. All it needed was the chandeliers now. The money was there. The credibility was there. So it was easy to go and get Kyle Walker. Right? It was easy to go and get Cancelo. It was easy to go and get Erling Haaland. It was easy to go and get Bernardo Silva. Very easy to, to recruit these guys. You've already laid the foundation. And now it's time to unleash. And we've got unlimited funds. The Premier League teams have an incredibly unfair advantage on the rest of Europe. And they do a terrible job quite frankly. But where Man City have got it right is the stability. They don't fire. So you can build around eras. You can, they're going to build two or three eras. They've come out of the Pellegrini and Man City eras. I mean, David Silva, Vincent Company, those guys were, those, those guys were a handful on their own. You're looking at two Premier League titles before Pep Guardiola. Quite frankly, I think whether you put Ancelotti, Mourinho, Pep, doesn't matter. This, te this team was going to win. They were ready to, un to completely unleash. Because all the manager has to do at Man City, right? Unlike United and Chelsea, there's no rebuilding culture. Don't worry about that. We've got a board. We've got the owners. The culture is very clear. You come here to win and you, you come here to play football. We've already taken care of that. Just coach football. Pep Guardiola has probably never had as easy a task, right, in terms of what he wants to do than, than Man City. He doesn't have to worry about culture. He doesn't have to worry about being a public figure. He doesn't have to worry about any of that. Man City, we got that covered. Don't worry about it. Pep, we've got you. You just talk in press conferences and you, you go and do your complicated uh, ticker tacker football. That's it. And, and, and what I like about that is you're replaceable, by the way. Love that. Sheikh Mansour in 2008 was the CA guy. Guys, this is the plan. It's going to be 10 years. We're going, to out, we're going to spend at a high level, right? And I don't mean lots of money. Is We're going to get the smartest brains in-house, right? And we're going to understand how to build sustainably. Because that's what City have done. They haven't spent silly. They've just spent at a high level repeatedly for many years in a row. And when you perform at a high level, 
consistently, you compound and you will grind the opposition down and that's what's happened. They've allowed Man United, they've allowed Chelsea, they've allowed Arsenal, they've allowed Spurs to all fall apart around them. Hey, you guys were doing that, chasing girls in high school and university, great. <laughs> we've now, sorry, we've now owned two properties and we're traveling three times a year and we only fly business class because we've now got our CFA three. While you guys were, I don't know, I don't know what you guys were doing when you guys thought all the girls, all those little girls were going to like you. I'm married to a model, and we out here flying Emirates. That, that's the reality of Man City. They've been consistent since 2008, chipping away at it, chipping it away, spending cleverly, spending cleverly, not just big, cleverly. I mean, it, of all their signings. I urge you to go and sit. Calvin Phillips, even with Calvin Phillips, I don't know if he's a failure because one of the things you need to be careful of is with Pep and Mourinho, right? Those two, it takes, everybody has a bad year in the first year. Didier Drogba was, relatively speaking, a flop in the first year, even though Chelsea won the Premier League. What happened in the second season? Jack Grealish was, people were saying, a failure last season. But Pep's, Pep has done this with lots of people. It takes two years to get into a system. But once you're comfortable in the system... Well, you've seen what Bernardo Silva is. You saw Aguero, first year, eesh, second year, oh boy. Unleashed. Grealish. So, Calvin Phillips, we don't know what he's going to be. But they will need to replace Fernandinho, and they'll probably need to replace Gundogan. So, now he's had a year in the system, he's been injured. So, let's not call him a flop. I urge you to go and look outside of Robinho, right? I'd love to know who has been a failure at Man City as a signing. And I mean like a complete and utter failure. I mean like Harry Maguire, you know, none of these new Chelsea kids can be called failures because it's been six months, right? I'm talking that bad. Go and look at the Man City signings since 2008. Slide in the DMs, at MKT Inspires. Who has been like a horrendous flop? Ilano, maybe? Even then they got what they needed from him. But I mean like, just, this is horrendous. Very few. Joe, maybe, maybe Joe. But they've got it right, haven't they? They've got it right consistently. And, you know, they're a great example in, for all of us in life. You don't have to be perfect. But what you need to do is get it right more often than you get it wrong. And that's what City have been. They've been consistently getting it right more often than getting it wrong. And when you compound like that in life, it's like habits. You know, if you haven't read Atomic Habits, go and read that. Great book. But just do more positive things than negative. Make better, make good decisions more often than bad. And eventually, that's what it is. Man City are going to be in a decade uh, or, or, or in the mix for the next decade. They are, they are brilliant. They are brilliant. You run there, brilliantly. You know, always take the model over the, the talent. Always take the model over the talent. In the past, the man was first. In the future, the system will be first. So I said... Winslow. Wow. Man City are good. They're good. They're well run. 
dare I say it, they're unstoppable. The only, the only people I see them see challenge them is Chelsea. Because he's aggressive. What he is, what Bully is, is aggressive. Man United aren't aggressive. Arsenal are an anomaly. Let's see what Newcastle do in the next two seasons. Because Newcastle are still in the beginning phase. What I will say about Newcastle, what I like about Newcastle is they were an already a global brand. I'll talk more about them in the future. But I like where this is headed for the Premier League brand, right? Now you've got, you've got the traditional big six. And now Newcastle are already a big club. They're already an international story. You don't need to sell Newcastle to anybody. We all, I mean, I imagine most people, Newcastle was your second, third club. Everybody loves Newcastle. It's a great story. It's a storied club. They produced maybe the worst cinematic movie of all time. If you haven't seen the goal movies, do yourself a favor. I think they're on YouTube legally, by the way. Santiago Nunez, I think the guy's name was. Least athletic looking soccer player in the history of mankind, that guy. Santiago Nunez. Oh, the goal movies are bad. Anyway, Newcastle, global club. They are ready to for, for liftoff. All right, told you uh, we are going to get into the um, DMs. So at MKT Inspires, you can slide in the DMs and I'll try and answer your questions. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to all of them, but let's see. Let's see. I'll give it a go. All right. Uh, this one's from Dumi Saini. He says, hey, MKT, I hope you're good. Since I started listening to you um, today, you knocked incense and that 21 year old delinquent <laughs> i didn't say they were delinquent i was a delinquent at 21 but this was a message the, or this is something i spoke about on the previous podcast said i think most of us oldies have been through a lot in our days battered and bruised uh, now we can pass words of wisdom on to ama 2000 if you're not south african i don't even know how to translate that it literally means people that were born in the 2000s without fear or favor today you were like doc uh, you were in dr phil's shoes and you delivered man um yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard, go and listen to last week's podcast um, where I had an incredible DM from a young lady who's going through some family stuff. Um, do you think Man City is desperate, is still desperate to win the UEFA Champions League when they've already got the Premier League? I think that's a great question. Um, I would say the crowning glory for Man City would be to be kings of Europe. You know, uh, they've already done the Premier League seven times now. I do think they're desperate because then you join that club. You know, Man, uh, Man City, that's the one that's missing. Like to affirm everything, that's the one that's missing. So to be saying, I would say yes, they are, they are so desperate to win that one. And that was Pep's job to come here and win. And that's why they got Haaland as well. That's why they got Haaland. I think if they don't win it this year, it is a catastrophe. It is an absolute catastrophe all right uh tepo says yo yo mk love the show man thank you uh i'm sliding in the dms so i'm a tottenham fan and i know uh what a horrible season it's been let me say a horrible few seasons it's been from your perspective uh, what do you think went wrong so to be honest with you what i've just said about man city is the exact opposite of tottenham they've got a meddling owner don't even know who the board is. Don't know what's going on there. Who's the director of football? The director of football is currently suspended from football, by the way, for his Juventus antics. 
the management situation, they had an interim, they had an interim, they had a double interim. Ryan Mason was the second interim. <laughs> what are we doing? And it's been that inconsistent for five, six years now. Even under Pochettino, it was a mess. He never supported him. I didn't feel like there was a plan. It was almost like Levy was buying these players. It was weird. There's no project plan. It was just, we've got money, we must spend it. And, and it's just been, it's been horrendous spending at a low level. It started when Bale left. Like one, I really got worried when they tried to get eight players to replace Gareth Bale. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Ntla says, um, MKT, hope you're well, brother. Chelsea have been in the pits this season. Ugh, tell me about it. Just wanted to find out from you. Realistically, where do you see us finishing next season? What are your expectations? On the relegation front, the EPL seems to be the only league with the relegation fixes, i.e. Sean Dyche, Sam Allardyce, amongst others. What do you think is the reason they cannot lead a team to top seven or top four finishes? Both of those are great questions. Chelsea expectations, I think they, uh, they'll be top two, top three. Um, I think Pochettino is perfect. He's got an incredible squad on paper. I mean, th that is like 90, 95 goals a season kind of squad. Um, I'm not worried about... With Pochettino, they'll have structure. And when you give that sort of talent structure, my God. My God. So I expect a big Mudrick season. Um, but I'll talk more about that. So genuinely top three, depending... My my thing next season, the only three clubs I consider uh, to be for real is Man City, Chelsea, and Newcastle. Everyone else is playing to for the for fourth spot. Um, I'll discuss Man United at another time. Um, regarding Sean Dyche and Sam Allardyce, I've always said this to people: people think being, being Pep Guardiola is easy. Winning is not easy. <laughs> Winning is not easy. And it's not for everyone. But there's also certain... Something we forget about people is that they are human beings. Even within that echelon, there are one percenters. Right? There's a reason why Real Madrid are back with Carlo Ancelotti. There's a reason why Jose Mourinho keeps getting the top jobs. Right? There's a certain profile of personality right? who is all in on football. Right? You work with people all the time, right? We, we all have the same availability uh, to resources, to even if you're an accountant, you're a chartered accountant. But even within those realms, there's one percentage where you go, oh, that person's extra bright. These are human beings. The top, top guys, they are, they're different, right? They see it differently. They, they, they have the personality, you know, to win. And they have the will to win. You must remember, listen, the players at Leeds are just as good technically as the players at Manchester City. But what the American call the intangibles, the stuff you can't see, where football is not just something they like, it is their entire life, it consumes them, and they are, they are almost a despot. These top guys, it's almost everybody must be on the same page to win. Like, for some people, it's enough just to play well. For these guys, for Pep, for Mourinho, for Ancelotti, you know, it is unacceptable not to win. 
it is it is unacceptable not to win and winning and also they're not going to reward you for winning oh no 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 we, as the great Mario Balotelli said we don't reward the, pe the postman for delivering the post so um, those guys don't have the personality Dijk and um, Allardyce they don't have the personality number one and quite frankly winning is a talent thing it's a talent thing sorry they are not as talented as those top tier top tier guys there's only so much like grit and want can do for you like are you talented you know are you talented and obviously the character and and all of that stuff but then there's the intangibles how driven are sean dyke and sam Allardyce really like i know they can say it they can say they top but there's a different level when you get to the top because even if you look at if you look at big companies right they tend to rotate CEOs all over the place because there's a certain type of character that can be at Discovery and Standard Bank, right? And ExxonMobil. There's, there's a very certain type of character for that. Winning's not for everybody. Winning is for very few people because people like the idea of winning until you see what it takes to win. I mean, you hear what people say about Pep Guardiola phoning them out. The great story with Arjen Robin, where he's getting called at two in the morning to discuss his role as an inverted winger. If you don't believe me, that's a real story. Pep Guardiola calling Arjen Robin. It's a different level of obsession and sophistication, right? It's a different level. Some people are middle managers. They don't have. They're not dynamic enough to take you the promised land you work you know you work in a place wherever you're working right now you all have the same resource but, but there's a guy or girl who just does a little more who comes in on sundays who has her project plan set up who you know builds relationship with the bosses builds relationships uh with outside clients has a pipeline you know um has built models for how the team should work you know is voluntarily taking on leadership roles when you're thinking yo it's friday five o'clock i just want to go club some beers they're going listen i've already emailed you the monday morning meeting notes that i think we should discuss there there's people that are just the next level and there's people who just get it you know it's not unique it's not unique in that world we have it all in our own lives and those guys that is their roof that's their ceiling Say lovey. All right, let's do one more. I mean, there's like five or six, but I'll do one more. Uh, alive. This guy's answer, uh, Instagram handle says, I'm alive. Um, he says, DM for the show. Who are the players um, who went from really bad uh, to one of the best ever in soccer history in recent years? Do you know what changed and what they did to level up? You know, that's a bloody good question. That's a bloody good question. I can't really think of anybody who was like, really bad and then went on to be a star for Real Madrid you know like that just doesn't happen so it's a very difficult question to answer because I don't really know what you're judging as success you know like who's the dude who with Luton he's come from the very bottom league and he captained them to Premier League promotion he's the only player to go from non-league 
and be promoted with a team through every division right up to the premiership, right? So it's a really difficult one to answer, like going from very, very bad to sensational. It doesn't really happen. Like I, I, I genuinely cannot think of an example. I can't think of an example where the guy was horrendous and then went on to be a World Cup final winner. I just cannot. All right. That's the show. That is the show. Hope you're having a good week, wherever you are. Whoever you're talking to right now. <laughs> so, tell you a quick hysterical story as I leave. I, um, I, had, a, I had a second friend who enjoys the podcast send me a voice note saying his girlfriend's like, how can you listen to this? You know, do you actually like this? Um, because it had happened with another friend where his girlfriend had heard the podcast and she'd gotten a little bit uh, sideways with him because of some of my uh, thoughts. But I now got another <laughs> another voicemail saying, how can you? Yeah, well, that's what his girlfriend says. And he's like, I'm not going to stop listening to this. This is hilarious. And what he said to me was, no, no, as a guy, I'm thinking some of the stuff you're saying. I just can't say it. And I'm like, no, I, I know what you're thinking. I, that's why I'm saying it. A every guy's thinking it. They just think they, they're, they're the douchebag from earlier that I was talking about. That, that just think they, they're so evolved. Like, oh my gosh, I, I hope you flipping get swallowed by a whale. Like in that storybook called the Bible. What was the guy's name? Jonah. Oh no. Let's not get into that now. Can't start uh, slandering the Bible. Can you? Can't get, uh, it's 2023. Like are people... We, we can. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Let, let me not even open this one. All right. Hope you have the greatest time of your lives. Hope you get to the gym. Hope you meet a loved one. If you... Hey. Friend of mine. She's, she's on the market. She's so desperate for love. I told her she's being a bit too desperate and desperate people. Ugh, stinks. But anyway, if you're like her and you're looking for love, I hope you find it. I genuinely do. I do. I hope you find it. I hope you find somebody to make you as happy as you want to make them. You know what I mean? I hope you guys are having a good one. If you have nieces and nephews, I've got the terror of seeing my nieces and nephews. Uh, I think in three weeks time. Oh, bloody hell. That's going to be bloody horrendous. Got to pretend and just grit my teeth through it. Actually, they're, they're quite nice. And what's nice about other people's kids is they go home. So I don't know where we hang out. Probably going to have to do that. I mean, it's going to be terrible. But it, it is nice if you're being around family. But bloody hell, after like three or four hours of them screaming, though, geez, like, get, out, get away from me, is what I'm thinking. I don't actually say that. It can't hurt your nieces and nephews' feelings. You want to be, you want to be the uncle that, you know, I don't want to be the uncle who's causing trauma. Bloody kids. Well, what kind of monster would I be then? Where will the children go then? You know? Um, so I don't want to be that guy. All right. Enough of that. Have the time of your lives. My name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now... 
I am the hell out of here.